Good morning, this is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today our readings suggest a theme that I think we have not talked about enough in recent years. I mean the theme of providence. That God cares for us in a very specific, concrete way. That God guides and directs our lives. You know, I found in the course of my pastoral ministry that this is a theological theme that really touches people deeply. People sense it. They know it. They assume it and rely on it, that God is providential. Yet I found when we talk about God sometimes, our language becomes much more abstract and distant. So I mean, God exists, okay, but God's kind of a celestial CEO at best. He's not going to bother himself with particular concerns of my life. Or God is a distant cosmic power, maybe got the universe going, but he's not worried about what's happening to me today. But see, I'd say this, from beginning to end of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, this theme is taken for granted. It's everywhere in the Bible. God's providence is not distant, and God's not a cosmic force. God is the one who holds us in the palm of his hand. Remember in Psalm 139, the psalmist says, O Lord, you search me and you know me. You know my resting and my rising. You discern my purpose from afar. Before ever a thought is in my mind, Lord, you know it through and through. Behind and before you besiege me, your hand ever laid upon me. Now that's strong language, that God knows us inside and out. He knows our coming and our going. He knows everything happening to us, every word on our lips and in our minds. That's the biblical vision, I would say, of God's providence. Now, our first reading for this Sunday is a magnificent image of this divine providence. From the book of the prophet Isaiah. Lo, I will spread prosperity over Jerusalem like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing torrent. Listen now. As nurslings, you shall be carried in her arms and fondled in her lap. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. In Jerusalem, you shall find your comfort. That's a powerful image, isn't it? We are imagined now as a little child, like a toddler or even an infant, in her mother's lap, caressed and fed and cared for and comforted. Think of the way a mother cares for like a newborn child. Taking care of everything. This child is utterly dependent. But there is the mother providing providence, providing for all the child's needs. Christians, that's the image Isaiah gives us of how God cares 
for us. Now, how about this, though, from Paul to the Galatians? We heard from Paul last week. We're reading a little further now in this letter. Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. How are those two readings related? I'm cared for like a child in her mother's lap. And I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cross, this terrible instrument of torture. Christ in his last awful moments. The relation again is providence, it seems to me. What did Jesus signal on the cross? What did he embody? He embodied a fundamental, absolute trust in the will of his Father. Jesus did what his Father commanded, and he knew, he knew, even at that awful moment, that he was still somehow in the arms of God. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Even at that awful time, Jesus was cared for. Though the images are very different, child in her mother's lap, Christ on the cross, the same ideas behind both of them. That we are cared for, provided for, by the will of God. Now, how about the gospel for today? The gospel is all about providence. It's all about this attitude. Jesus is sending out his 72 disciples. So he's gathered around him as this little community. He's been preaching to them, forming them, and now they're ready for mission. What's wonderful, Christians, is this is so good for us because all of us baptized people are like the 72. We have been formed by Jesus, by his teaching, and now we're going to be sent. But listen to the instructions that Jesus gives these 72. Go on your way. I'm reading now from the Gospel of Luke. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Well, that's not a real encouraging beginning, is it? You know, I'm sending you out, and you're going to face opposition. You'll be in for a struggle. You are going out as messengers of peace and forgiveness, compassion, nonviolence, in the midst of a violent, unforgiving world. You're going out as lambs among wolves. That means what? You can't rely on your own power. Rather, you must learn to rely on the providence and the direction of God as you go about your work. Now, listen further as he talks to them. Carry no money bag. No sack, no sandals, greet no one along the way. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when I arrive at O'Hare Airport, I'm always gripped by a certain anxiety. And I think when you make your way through O'Hare, you can almost sense the tension. Everyone's a little bit nervous at O'Hare, especially, of course, in recent years. You never know if your plane's going to take off. But you're nervous. I mean, do I have enough money? Do I have my ticket? Is my plane on time? Has it been delayed? I was out there just a few weeks ago, and I got to the airport, and I look up at the board, and the only plane on the whole board that was canceled was mine. You know? So I think when you get to the airport, you're just full of this anxiety, naturally. When I'm going on a trip, I'm very sure 
I've got enough money in my wallet. I'm very sure I have my ticket. I'm very sure I've got my, my bag properly packed. Listen again to the Lord. When you go out, carry no money, no sack. That means no suitcase, you know, carry no provisions, no sandals. Can you imagine arriving at O'Hare? No money in your wallet, no suitcase, no change of clothes. And let's say you've just been given a ticket to some place in the country where you're going to go and proclaim the gospel. Well, that's how you're supposed to go. That's the instruction. How is this possible? It's possible only if we live in a radical trust in the divine providence. How about this? Into whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you. Eat what is set before you. Well, I find as I get older that I'm less and less willing to kind of just take things as they are. You know, I have certain desires and needs. I like things a certain way. Just to go into a strange town, walk up to a house. You don't know who these people are. You're going to eat whatever they set before you. You accept whatever hospitality they offer you. Well, come on, most of us would say. I'd never live my life that way. I'd never move on those uh, directions. But here's the Lord telling his disciples to go out, listen, with that kind of confidence. Where's it coming from? But a deep sense of being cared for, searched, known by God. I'll give you a couple of examples of this from our tradition, and, and you see them all over the place, especially in the lives of the saints. Ignatius of Loyola, soon after his conversion, felt a deep call from the Spirit to go to the Holy Land. Well, at the time, he was in Spain. Did he have any money? No. Any tickets, any prospects, any connections? None. He set out. He set out. Made his way on foot, sleeping usually outdoors or in, in a doorway. Run into someone from time to time, maybe get some money here or some money there. He'd beg for food. Oddly, strangely, through the divine providence, he made his way to the Holy Land. To this day, by the way, Jesuit novices imitate him. As part of the Jesuit training program, a young Jesuit is given maybe $50 and told to get on a bus and make his way to Guadalupe or make his way to some shrine. He's given enough money maybe for a day or two, but then he's told to make it on his own. Imitating Ignatius in his radical trust in the divine providence. There's something else even earlier in the tradition. Irish monks from the west coast of Ireland would get into a boat with a few days' provisions, and they would simply allow the boat to drift. And they'd pray, Lord, show us where you want us to go. And wherever we land, there we will establish our monastery. And so these monks, without navigating, without directing themselves, would simply submit themselves to the divine providence, and off they would go, trusting, trusting that they would be led. I think maybe I've spoken to you before about this, I forget, but in the wonderful Robert Duvall movie, The Apostle, remember he plays a kind of 
down on his luck uh, Pentecostal preacher. But at one point, all of his, his prospects are, are, are gone, his money is gone, and he wanders into a town, and he comes literally to a crossroad. He looks up to heaven, and he says, Lord, which way? Show me. Which way do you want me to go? And soon, of course, someone speaks to him, and they invite him down this one road, and his life opens up. Trust in the divine providence. Lord, you show me. I trust that in the people I see, in the encounters I have, in the contacts I make, that somehow you are speaking to me. That's an elemental attitude, I think, in the disciple. Thomas Aquinas said this, God is in all things, by essence, presence, and power. Intimately. God's in all things, through all things, operating all the time. Lord, you search me and you know me. That's because God's in us too. What if we learn to trust in God's presence and power, turned our wills and our minds over to God, and said, Lord, you guide me, you direct me. It's not my will that matters so much, not my mind, but your mind and will. That's what it means, I think, to surrender to the divine providence, to feel like a child in her mother's lap, cared for, loved, directed. God bless you. Friends, you know, we're right about halfway through this year of broadcasts. And I'm going to do something today that I haven't done now for the first half of the year, and that's ask for a little financial support. We're halfway through. We have to make a decision soon whether we're going to continue this uh, Word on Fire broadcast. So I wonder if you'd be willing to send a contribution. You can send it to me, Father Robert Barron, Mundelein Seminary, Mundelein, Illinois, 60060. And if you'd like to make a contribution, you can write a check to the Word on Fire or the Word on Fire Fund. Also, a lot of you have written to me and emailed me, and I thank you for that. Those have been terrific, usually asking for a copy of one of the talks. I don't have written transcripts, but the tapes are available in a number of different uh, forums. One of them is on the Archdiocese website, also on the wordonfire.org website, also, you can write directly to sound and video impressions and displays. Their address and number two are on the website. So again, thank you, and a financial contribution would be terrific. And we look forward to being with you now for the rest of the year and perhaps beyond. Again, God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you.